welcome back to Here So We Don't Get Fined. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we are back with another episode. Uh, we did not really know what we were going to do today. Nope. Uh, and then the NHL was like, hey, I got you. Yeah, we uh, we talked about some trades the last episode, and we were going to like hold off a little. Because the trade deadline is literally tomorrow. Literally tomorrow. March but, 3rd. But And it's only been like, what, two, three days maybe? Yeah. There's been, well, was 16 as of two minutes ago, now 17 trades. But we're not going to get into that last one more than likely. The details might not even come out until we're, you know, up and rolling. Also, here. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm pretty sure it's Bukestad. I... You just tried to say Gustafsson, so I'm not going to trust you. Gustafsson. Listen, it's yeah. the F. Yeah. It's yeah. the FS placement. All right, it it messes me up, man. Yeah, so I'm going to trust you with a guy, a name like Bugatst or whatever his name was. Nick Bukestad. Nick Bukestad. 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 Buke, like the car almost, but like pronouncing it a little fancy. Buke. He doesn't even have a C in his name. It's I listen, man. I don't. I'm not the person who comes up with pronunciations. Buke Stad. I don't think that's right. I, I promise you, it is. <clears throat> you just struggled to pronounce his name before we started recording. So what do you mean? I promise you, it is. You don't know. Listen, no, I do know. I just <laughs> I haven't I haven't said that name or thought of that name in a millennia. Oh, okay. Okay. He, so here's what's going to happen. We're going to talk about some NHL trades. We have 16 of them to talk about. Some of them uh, will require more conversation than the others. Uh, based off of how much time we have, how much time we spend on this, we might have a draft here at the end of this, which will be a little teaser for next week's uh, pod, Monday's pod, so two pods from now. Uh, but we'll see. We will decide. Well, isn't that Tuesday's pod? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We recorded on Monday. My bad. My bad. Tuesday's pod. Uh, but, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see if we have time for that. It'll be a fun a fun draft, I think, if we get to it. But if not, that's perfectly okay. Because, like I said, we have a lot to talk about. So, let's get into these trades. Yeah, yeah let's hop right into it. Uh, the first trade we want to talk about, speaking of the Edmonton Oilers, the first trade... Uh, that happened post us recording the other day. The Edmonton Oilers trade Jesse Pugliarvi to the Carolina Hurricanes in return for Patrick Puistola. Puistola. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is not. This trade doesn't really make sense to me from like the Oilers' standpoint because like yeah. when you're running up a team trying to make a pl- make a push into the playoffs. Uh, Puyol English, Thomas, or Finnish. Puyol Yarvi is a player that would really help you. You know, a former fourth overall pick. Hasn't really been what they expected him to be, but there's still potential. He's still a strong player, and I think Carolina, like, this trade makes total sense for Carolina, but no sense for Edmonton. I mean, if he can be any good. Like, he's been the poster child for mediocrity right since he's been in the league yes but he's been a middle line quality guy which is quite literally the definition of the poster boy for mediocrity i mean right but just like he's he's maybe that's what carolina needs i don't know he's always going to be like compared to his draft status because again you know former fourth overall pick but like Tampa Bay, when they repeated and almost repeated, that those runs were built off their third line, off Blake Coleman, off uh, has a very similar name that I can't remember, Barclay Goodrow. Like that's a different well, argument for a different time. I would say those three cup runs were built off of. Literal godlike play from one Andre Vasilevsky. Well, okay, uh, I would say but... it was built on the absolute star power who averaged like two points a game 
on the top two lines of that offense. Like I think I think we're forgetting though that before the literally like the year before Tampa Bay won their cup, they got swept in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets, the eighth seed. Like before they won that first cup, like they had all that the was finals. also pre Vasilevsky though. No, Vasilevsky was on the team. I don't think he was the starter though. I'm pretty sure it was Bishop at the time. Bishop's been and was in uh maybe not Bishop. Who was in between Bishop and Vasilevsky? I, I think I, I think it I think it went Or did I, it go Bishop Vasilevsky? I think it went Bishop Vasilevsky. I'm pretty sure Vasilevsky's first playoff run where he played significant time was the year they won the cup. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. That's a different argument for a different time. Um I mean, it's very possible that that was his first uh, starting, his first year starting for Tampa, but it was also their first year having Goodrow and having uh, Coleman, and those were big acquisitions at the deadline. And every like, I'm just were, saying they were always given a lot of credit for the product on the ice. I'm just saying, you have a goalie who has quite literally the best postseason stats in NHL history for a goalie. Not quantity-wise, obviously, because like you look at like Brodeur and goalies who were in it for a long time and played a lot more games than Vasilevsky, obviously. But just like pure numbers, like safe percentage, goals allowed, uh, wins even, like he's arguably, he's been in the league for how long? And he's arguably the best postseason goaltender of all time. Like, Andre Vasilevsky, we have never seen anyone play as good in net in the postseason as Andre Vasilevsky. And you're saying they won cups because of their third-line forwards. I'm saying that it was, like, a lot of their success was built. I'm not saying that they didn't help. I'm not saying they're useless. I'm not saying, like, my grandma could have played on their third line and they still would have won the cup. But I'm, like, I think taking away from how dominant Vasilevsky is. And even, like, Stamkos averaged in the, I think it was the second cup run, like, two points a game in the playoffs that year. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, like, I'm ta- like, we're talking about a player who has a Vesna and a Con Smythe in Vasilevsky. I don't think, like, I'm not so much trying to take away from him as trying to push other parts up. You know? I... I'm not saying having a good third line doesn't help because it does. And you can say they helped out in those cup runs, but saying the cup runs were built off of the third line, I think is asinine. I just, in my opinion, and let's be honest, Thomas, who knows more about hockey? You or me? Definitely, definitely you. Um, in my opinion, well, I mean, look, look back at the last handful of cup winners they generally have a consistent across the board with having a very strong third line i mean colorado had one they lost it or they lost really like their second line so their third line bumped up i feel like another consistent i would argue more consistent thing is elite goalie play because, like, Colorado, you could say doesn't didn't have an elite goalie, but he played elite in the playoffs. No, no. Darcy when did Kemper... St. Louis start getting good when they won the Cup? When Jordan Bennington became Jesus. Yeah, no, like, that's, that's that's true. I'm, I feel like this could be a whole different argument for a whole different episode. Like, what is more the most important thing if you're making a Cup run? I, I would very strongly argue it's goalie is the most important thing you need. Because, like, a good goalie, a great goalie can make up for lacking defense. Uh, A good goalie can allow you not to have to score six points a game. Uh, A good goalie can, I mean, literally win you games just like a bad goalie can lose you games. Uh, Sure, a a good third line can probably help you out a lot. But if you've got a great, great, great top two lines and an elite goalie is having a bad third line really going to screw you that much. So, like, that that's kind of... But again, this is a holy... We're, we're ten minutes into this pod already. We've only gotten through one trade. We haven't... I don't think... Have we even really gotten through it? Yes. Okay, okay. You said... You talked about how... Is bad for Edmonton good for... Carolina? Carolina. It is. 
So yeah, we've gotten through it. All right then. On to the next one? Yeah. Okay. Hey, don't say stupid stuff this time. Uh I will do my best. Yeah, well. Uh I just <coughs> listen, I gotta be honest with you. Okay. Uh I feel very confident talking about football. Okay. I feel pretty confident talking about baseball. Okay. Uh well to you, because you don't know anything about baseball. I don't. Uh I have zero confidence talking to you about hockey. I felt very good about that conversation. Oh, yeah. Like, even if you disagree with me, I felt like I wasn't just talking out of my butt. You know what I mean? I actually knew what I was talking about a little bit. That was a fun, that was a good conversation. We should have more uh, hockey talks like that so I don't feel as stupid. Uh, Anyway, the next trade. The Washington Capitals trade Marcus Johansson to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a 2024 third-round pick. So, it looks like Washington is mailing it in on this season, but it, I almost wonder if they're mailing it in on, like, the rest of Ovi's career with some of the talent that they've shipped out. Uh, Marcus Johansson was, he's been a long-time capital in, like, spurts, so I was kind of shocked to see him be one of the names that go, or that went, but... I mean, a third-round pick is really good compensation for a player of his age and ability. So if you're Washington, you're looking to turn it around. Like, accruing draft capital is the best way to do that. Yeah. Um, How old is Johansson? Oh, he's got to be in his... Or he's 32. That's not as old as I thought, if I'm being honest Honestly, with you. Honestly, it feels like he's been in the league forever. Yeah. But, not bad. Not bad. I'm pretty uh, sure Washington. I'm pretty sure that this is a player that Washington has, has traded away like three times. <laughs> Reminds me of Kyle Van Noy in the Patriots. Like I like I swear, every time he hits free agency, he re-signs in Washington, and then he like doesn't even make it a full year, and they're like, ah, yeah, no, no thanks. Lol. Listen, um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I lost the list. Yeah. It's okay. It was very, very like sensitive, and I barely hit the side of it, and it just like sent me flying. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Um, but I got so you think that's good for Washington? I think it's good for Washington. It makes sense for the Wild, as it appears that with Nashville's uh, fire sale, they're gonna up their pursuit of a wild card spot or a divisional spot within the Central Division. I think. It's with the moves that Minnesota has made, it feels like they're just trying to make the playoffs but not go on a run per se. And like, I know, like, once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen, but like, these moves that they're making just aren't, uh, they're not the moves you expect from a team pushing for a cup. Gotcha. Yeah. I. I'm a big fan of the Minnesota Wilds uniforms. Outside of that, I don't really know anything about Minnesota this year. So they got Flurry. Mark Andre? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Wow. Uh anyway. Anything else you want to add to that one? I got nothing. No, not not particularly. Alright. Uh this one is a big one. I don't know if you saw while I was talking. I looked down, I was like, what? <laughs> because uh, this is a there's a lot in this yeah uh, so the San Jose Sharks have traded Timo Meyer Scott Harrington Santeri Hataka Zach Edmond Emond not Edmond Emond a twenty and a twenty twenty four fifth round pick to San Jose. Or to uh, New Jersey for Fabian Zetterland, Shakir Mukamadulin. Wow, good props to you. I I honestly thought I was like I was like he's definitely gonna go Shakir. Not even gonna try that. <laughs> that would dude. That's like that's I'm impressed. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you, uh, Andreas Johnson, Nikita Ohotiuk. There we go. Uh, 2023 first round pick, a 2024 conditional second round pick, a 2024 seventh round pick, and San Jose is retaining 50% of Timo Meyer's contract. Whew. 
this was one of the biggest pieces that we were waiting to fall. Yeah. Uh, Timo Meyer, former top 10 pick on a failing franchise who went all in on their cup pursuit and then whiffed tremendously. Do what? Is he good? Yeah, he's pretty pretty good. Uh, Goes to a young up-and-coming team in New Jersey who has the center core, just needs the winger support for those young centers, and Timo Meyer is a great addition. He's kind of like a two-way player who's got a shot. So... If you look at like New Jersey's one-two punch at center, it's Nico Heeshire and Jack Hughes. You have a premium two-way talent and a premium playmaking talent. So you can slot Timo Meyer in with either of those guys and expect both of them to flourish, if you will. I'm always a fan of teams coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, St. Louis was is in our division. And so when they were horrible, I loved it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But when they made that incredible comeback to go to the playoffs and the Stanley Cup to or uh, go to the Stanley Cup playoffs and then make their way to the first, the second, the third, like I, you couldn't help but root for them. Yeah. Right. Every year it seems like teams like Buffalo is are they're gonna play well like thirty games into the season. I think every year for the past three years. Buffalo has spent at least some time at number one in the league. Yeah. And then they always return to form. Mm-hmm. New Jersey came out swinging this season. They did. And then they started to regress a little bit. And I was like, no, I really, like of all the teams, like this will be a fun team to watch really make a run. And then they started to win games again. And now they're making these moves. And I really hope, like... I'm finding myself rooting for New Jersey because, like, they shouldn't be here. But they're trying to say, no, 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 we want to make it. Like, we want we want this to act. Like, we want people to think we should be here. We're going to keep winning. We're going to make moves. We're going to try to solidify the fact that we can actually make a run at these playoffs. We can actually make a run in these playoffs. I love it. I love it. I... It's kind of it's it's exciting to see because uh, they ha- they they have that goalie whose name escapes me right now. Played for Washington, was a backup under Samsonov. Oh, I was about to say Samsonov. Um, Grigorov? No, that's the guy from New York. He's Russian. Yeah. Svechnikov. No, uh, but he he got a chance in New Jersey, and he's taken the reins, and he hasn't looked back. He was kind of this uh, expected to be a tandem guy, but he's really emerged in New Jersey as the uh, front runner, partly due to some of the drama with longtime star or not longtime starter, but recent starter Mackenzie Blackwood. There was some drama with the vaccines, and we're not going to get into all that. He ended up taking being injured or taking time away point is he wasn't playing with the team and that opened up an opportunity for this guy and he's really stepped up uh is it akira schmid no that was not the name i was thinking of is it vitek vanek yeah vita vanek vanek yeah yeah that's the guy sure he's the second best goalie in uh in uh New Jersey right now. Oh. Well, shows what I... I guess he has the most wins, though. By a lot. He, Vita, Akira Schmid is playing real good hockey right now, but he's only played, like, 12 games. Vita Vanacek was the guy who... His, like, his, like, first start this season was the game that started that, like, crazy... That crazy uh, win streak. Oh, okay. Akira Schmidt has only played 11 games. So he's having a great season, but he's only played 11 games. Versus <clears throat> Vanacek, who is uh, 26, 6, and 3. Okay, yeah, he's playing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So there you go. Vita Vanacek. Uh, you got it. Very nice. That's a very nice, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm rooting for the uh, the Devils, and I love these moves that they're making to say, hey, we're – because, like, they're good moves. Yeah, yeah. Real, like – them getting Timo, I love. I love that. It's always nice to see a team go from seller to buyer. Yeah. Yep. 
All right, are you ready for the next? I am. This is a uh, trade between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Washington Capitals. The Toronto Maple Leafs trade Rashmus Shandeen to the Washington Capitals in return for Eric Gustafsson and a 2023 first-round pick. I... Seems like a lot for Rasmus Sandin. Rasmus Sandin is a stud. Yeah, but so is Gustafsson and a first. It's a lot. It is a lot. I don't like the... It, so the thing to note about this is it's not Washington's first. It's Boston's. Oh, that's so, going to be a lot of picks less. <laughs> that is going to be a lot of picks less. And, I mean, Washington, it's not hurting... There, Sandine is a piece you get when you're trying to do a quicker rebuild. He's a really good young puck moving defenseman. Toronto had that log jam on the left side that he got caught up in, and honestly, I'm really surprised that he was the name they shipped out. Rasmus Sandine is it? He's not a top line guy, but he's he's a really good second line guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think I honestly I'm I think this is going to be a good fit for him going forward on an offensively driven system like Washington has with Lavi at coach and Ovechkin driving their goals yeah. their offense. I think Rasmus Sandin kind of fits the best of both worlds when it comes to replacing Dmitry Orlov, who they shipped out to Boston. Why would they go for a guy like Sandine if they're mailing it in? Uh, cause if you go for a guy like Sandine when you're mailing it in, I would assume that means that you're planning on being competitive next season. Are they gonna be competitive next season? I mean, it's it's certainly possible. They need. I don't to... understand why they can't be competitive this season. Why they haven't been as competitive as normal this season? They're still a great team. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good roster. But I, mean, I wonder I wonder if it's just to shake up the core, get a little bit of retooling done. I mean, yeah, and I mean if you're gonna bring anyone in to start like a rebuild or whatever, it's a kid like like Sandy's what twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, he's still developing, still getting yeah. better. Now he's gonna get a he's gonna go to a less volatile situ- situation, oh a more God. forgiving what. Was there a he's, new trade? He's 22. Oh, well. He was born in the year 2000, Thomas. Oh. Oh, no. This man is going to make more money in five years than you and I will make cumulatively in our lifetimes. Probably. And he was born in the year 2000. Yeah. That's unacceptable. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? <laughs> I'm so sorry. That just threw me right there. Uh, he's like, I. That's a. I. I guess it's just shaking up the core, injecting some life into the lineup. You know, complacency gets in the way of a lot of good yeah. things. I got you. I got you. I. I love this trade for Washington. I'm. It's okay for me on like Toronto side because they got a first round pick. But like I think like if I had to designate who I would think wins this trade, it's Washington. <clears throat> I disagree, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I can't force you to be right. I was thinking the same thing. Uh anyway, moving on. The Toronto Maple Leafs in Less than two days, add three pieces to their defense, including trading uh, or trading a third-round pick to Vancouver to bring in Luke Shin. You want to talk about another player? I've never heard of this guy. This Okay, so this guy was drafted by Toronto relatively early. It didn't work out, but he's big, he's slow, and he's defensive. Toronto was drafted fifth overall in 2008. Yep. Uh, this guy, this is another player who seems to keep finding his way back to Toronto. I think this is his third stint in the northern city. I they give up a third for a thirty-three-year-old. He has gotten pedigree with because he was a part of both Tampa Bay Cup runs. 
He also has that leadership. So, like, Toronto is this young, high-flying, high-profile team. Their biggest knock and kind of the, like, excuse, if you will, for why they've been so underwhelming in the postseason is the a lack of a veteran presence, veteran leadership. Kyle Dubas, the GM of the Maple Leafs, probably can feel the uh, the heat on his seat getting very hot. So he wanted to go out and acquire, make sure that veteran presence, that lack of veteran presence, wasn't even a possibility. I don't know if, I, like, I don't know that I would take Luke Shin over Rasmus Sandin, though. Because that's for, for a do-or-die cup run. Because that's what it is for Dubas. If he, Tam or Toronto hasn't gotten out of the first round in years, um, and I don't know if getting out of the first round would be enough to save Dubas's job. Like you've got forty-five million tied up into four forwards. I don't know. I I know he's thirty-three now. I don't love that trade. A third-round pick is a lot. For a 33-year-old who's seemingly mid, based off what I've read. Uh, but I do appreciate that we just, you and I just talked about a few weeks ago. Everyone and their mother can see what's wrong with your team. Why aren't you doing anything about it? And, you know, probably a few years too late, Dubas is finally doing something about it. And he's addressing that defense uh, he's doing it in ways that might seem unorthodox, but like, even if he's not like this Luke Shen guy is not the best defenseman in the league, it still adds depth, something they didn't have before. You know what I mean? It adds someone with cup so, experience, which is huge. This isn't Dubas's first time trying to address the defense. However, every time it hasn't worked out. I, most of the time, it's just the wrong player that they brought in very few amount uh, or very rarely is it the right player but each time it has been that player goes on to miss significant time due to injury it almost feels like Dubas is cursed when he's trying to bring in defensemen maybe Dubas like punches defensemen in the knee that's 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 what's happening I'm just saying (laughs) Uh, well apparently Toronto really regretted giving up that third-round pick because uh, shortly thereafter, they traded Pierre Ingvall to the Islanders for a third-round pick. Uh, they wanted it right back. So I don't like this trade for Toronto. I have never heard of Pierre Ingvall. Pierre Ingvall is a player... So, like, here's the thing about Any Toronto. In relation to Bill Ingvall. They have a logjam of younger players... Toronto? Kind of, what? Toronto? Yeah. That are all at the same level and seem to be developing at the same pace. Pierre Engvall is a younger player. I think he's like 24. Has shown a lot of promise as a two-way guy. A th- Could be a very strong third line, maybe even a second line player with the right development. However, he has had... Sh- He's had difficulty getting consistent playtime in Toronto due to the vast number of same caliber players. So, real like if you can't play them all, you need to trade some. And I don't think they could have gotten more than a third for him, given all the context behind his development and the playtime he's gotten. However, I feel like if this was a player that they had handled the development a little better for, that this pick could have been a first. What are you going to do? I don't know. I don't know, like, listen, I don't know enough about the development of hockey to participate in the conversation. That's 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 fair. I just, like, I would, like, let me tell you some of the, like, part, I love trade deadline time period the nhl trade deadline like week is my favorite week of the year there are trades that happen and when i see what the price was i'm like are you kidding me like are you serious like i would like if i obviously i'm not the gm of the preds but i would have paid a third for pierre engvall 
I would have paid a first for Rasmus Sandin. Are you easy? It's just frustrating for me, personally. Would you have paid more than a third or more than a first? I would have paid what the other team paid, if not just a sweetener more. By sweetener, I mean like a fourth. <clears throat> so you're saying it's frustrating pay. because like you're like we could have gotten this guy. And like this, didn't. this was a good high upside player that was available for relatively cheap and we didn't make the trade whenever like whenever there's a situation like that happening and your team misses out yeah i mean it sucks you know because like you're that's a that's a trade that could a like if it ages poorly whatever what'd you lose a third okay but if it ages well that's that's the type of trade that builds gm's legacies that's the type of trade that builds it builds your team into long sustained success yeah you know well moving on uh this is a weird one not a weird one i just don't know how i feel about it the columbus blue jackets trade gustav nyquist to the minnesota wild for a 2023 fifth round pick you want to talk about buying cheap yeah that's all that's all on one hand a fifth for nyquist i know he's a little older now but like He's not going to play in the rest of the season. But but then, yeah, I read that. Like, he's out for the season. So that's yeah. why I'm so conflicted. Like, on one hand, were he happy and healthy, a fifth would be a steal. It would be ridiculous. It would be a terrible trade. But being out for the rest of the season, but he's expected to come back for the playoffs. So, when like... the salary cap is irrelevant. So, yeah, I don't... I'm very... It's a very creative trade. I like the idea of the trade. Now that we've just come to accept that come April, there just is no salary cap. I just went to scratch my knee and I punched the table. That kind of hurt. Nice. Um, This is a very creative trade and I love the idea of this trade. I just don't like it for Minnesota. For Minnesota? No, no. Like, okay, okay. Here, here, let me clarify. Let me clarify. This is a fantastic trade for Marizona. I just tried to say Marizona. Minnesota. This is a fantastic trade for Minnesota. However, this is a trade that I would expect Toronto, Tampa Bay, Boston, like the upper echelon of contenders. This is the type of trade that I would be expecting them to be a part of, not Minnesota. This is the second time you've basically called Minnesota trash. I hope they win the Stanley Cup. They were my new favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year. Menace and uh, listen, the they, trade deadline. They now have my rooting interest. The trade deadline's not over yet, but I'm going to assume that Minnesota probably won't be making another move and will perform as expected and are promptly kicked out of the playoffs in the first five games. God, I I hope the Wild win the Stanley Cup this year. That uh, that's all I'm saying. Like it's like a, the Preds aren't going to make the playoffs. If the Preds no. make the playoffs, obviously I'm looking for the Preds, but we're not even going to make the playoffs. So. Uh, I am actively rooting from this day forward for the uh, Minnesota Wild in the NHL playoffs, and I hope they win just because of how much you're trash-talking them. Wow. You really uh, hopped off that New Jersey bandwagon fast, didn't you? I never said I was rooting for them to win the Stanley Cup. I said I wanted to Eh. see them succeed. Eh. Listen. um, We still have so many trades. We're 33 minutes in, and we're at 13 of... Of the 16 that we need to talk oh about. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, let's get into it a little bit more. Wait, hold on. What am I... I think the, the... The way this is numbered is weird. Never mind. It's not quite as bad as I thought. But still, uh, we need to move a little quicker. Proceed with And we his... don't have to talk about this one super long because it was stupid. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers trade Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, and a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick to the Nashville Predators in return for Matthias Ekholm, uh, which apparently we retained 4% of his salary. 4%? Hey, man, anything to make the money <laughs> I fit. can pay 4% of Ekholm's salary and a six-round pick. Um, yeah, that that's a terrible trade, right? That's a fantastic For Edmonton. Um, I mean, they add defense. Like, I like Eki okay, as okay, a defenseman. So, here's the thing. 
the inclusion of Tyson Berry doesn't make any sense unless it's for salary and making numbers match up. However, it's a little misrepresentative. So Reed Schaefer was a first-round pick last year. Uh, So you look at this and you're like, oh, the Preds got two first-round picks. That's not true. Edmonton reached super hard for Reed Schaefer. They had the 32nd pick, and they drafted a player who the majority of scouts had as a late third, early fourth. I don't care if Reed Schaefer wasn't in in the trade. What? Even if the trade was just Tyson Berry, a first and a fourth, for Matthias Ekholm and a sixth, I think that would be a steal for Nashville. Oh, no, it is a steal for Nashville. It's uh, selling... Even if this Reed Schaefer guy wasn't in it. It's definitely selling an asset at, you know, not necessarily its peak value, because I wouldn't say Ekholm plays at his peak value, but you're selling an asset for more than it's worth. And that's always a plus. However... I assumed we would lose Eki. Yeah. I never for the life of me thought it would be for a first. I was I was thinking it'd be like a second. Maybe a second and a fourth. I was thinking like a third and a fourth. But, but I anyway, uh, continue. Did Edmonton overpay on this deal? Yes. Yeah. Did it accomplish everything that GM Ken Holland needed it to? Also, yes. Eki's great. Like I like Eki a lot. He made a splash at the deadline. He addressed the area of need that Edmonton has had for years in defense, and he did it with a really solid option. Yeah. And he set up his team to, like, this isn't just a rental player. This is a player with term on his contract. So they overpaid. Yes. However, it will probably work out better for them in the long run. I, I guess it does depend on how it ages. I just like, as a Nashville fan, I love it. And I can see, like, as an Edmonton fan, why they would love it too. I just think, like, I guess I automatically see it as like, dang, we got way more than we should have. And you know what the funny thing is about it? The immediate reactions after the details were released were Edmonton fans tweeting that we got fleeced. The Preds. Uh, so that I guess that like listen, any what I, an asset is as valuable as someone's willing to pay for it. While I love Eki, I do think he's been slightly disappointing the last couple of years. He has, especially last year. He's played better this year, but um, but I, I mean I love Eki. I'll miss Eki. Like if we could keep our defense together, that'd be awesome because I love every piece of our defense, but uncharacteristically our defense has been the worst part of our team this season and it's not even close and it can't remain the way it is so unfortunate we got a lot for him and i am here for it uh next the los angeles kings trade jonathan quick a conditional 2023 first round pick and a 2024 third round pick to columbus for a guy named vladislav gavirkov and uh, Jonas Corposalo. The condition is the first round pick will become a second round pick in 2023 and 2024 if the Kings miss the playoffs. Wow. Um, yeah, don't don't get used to Jonathan Quick being in uh, Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, he's already gone. Yeah, we'll hit that in a bit. But yeah, what do you think? I. This is a weird trade, and I like. I think the biggest loser of this trade is Johnny Hockey. Johnny Gaudreau signed in Columbus this summer. Everyone kind of was like, "Oh, Columbus is actually a destination now." It hasn't worked out, and it's not. It's going to continue to not work out as Columbus is sending off the rest of their team that has appeal to it. Jonas Corposalo isn't a stud. But he's a consistent, startable guy. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov has had a lot of buzz generated around his name. One of one of the big things that Columbus was looking forward to, anticipating, was his return to the lineup after that he was held out for a couple months trying to strike a trade, and it looked like it wasn't happening. So, I I'm sure Columbus is happy to get that re, that situation resolved. And to bring in a first 
and a third is good compensation. Again, Quick was irrelevant to the trade. I, I mean, it's a very boring trade. Like I th- like I think the most people's thoughts around this trade was, oh, Jonathan Quick isn't in LA anymore. Oh, Jonathan Quick is still in the league. Like, yeah, that's probably the bigger talking I, point from this trade. I do know this: a lot of people are upset because Jonathan Quick was upset. Yeah, because of how it happened. Jonathan Quick was not happy with the organization, how it happened. I don't know all the details. Obviously, none of us do, but Quick and the general manager. But he was he voiced his anger, and then Kings fans followed. Yeah, like this man has. Done like he's been the pride and joy of our franchise for the last ten years, and this is how you do the man. Which like fair probably wouldn't have a cup without Jonathan Quick. They probably um, wouldn't have either. They won two in the last ten years. Yeah. When did they win the second? They won one in twenty twelve. When was that the one? Twenty fourteen. Really? Yeah. Dang, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, when Chicago had their cup for like a five year span, it was Chicago, L.A., Chicago, L.A., Chicago. Huh. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, moving on. We have 11 more. Woo! We'll try to make this quick. Um, I won't be as yeah. expansive. So, the Capitals them. look like they're mailing it in. They look like maybe not. And then they do stuff like this, which makes you think maybe they are again. Washington trades Lars Eller and retains 31% of his contract to the Colorado Avalanche for a 2025 second round pick. That's two years away. That's a long time. Colorado is trying to mesh back together the cup run team that they had with the same type of talent, but on like a cheaper discount. Like they lost Kadri and they've been really struggling to figure out that second line center. Like who's going to be the guy that has the the degree of impact that Kadri have. I'm assuming that they're going to try and roll Eller out there. And if that doesn't work, maybe their third line guy, they'll bump up and put Eller in there as kind of like a stop gap to fill that void that's created. I don't know if it's going to work. I also don't know if they're done. I doubt it. I doubt it. I think Colorado has been disappointing this season and they're going to want to pride is a thing, right? Yeah. They want to say, Hey, we're still here. Yeah. We're still qu- here. All right. Moving on. Uh, this is one of the biggest trades so far. Uh, Patrick Kane and Cooper Zetch, whoever that is, are going from the Chicago Blackhawks to the New York Rangers. The Chicago Blackhawks are getting in return a second round pick in 2023, a fourth round pick in 2025, a defenseman named Andy Walensky, and they're retaining 50% of Patrick Kane's contract. And on top of that, uh, someone threw a 2025 conditional third at Arizona to retain 25% of Patrick Kane's contract. What a wild trade! That New York won in a landslide. Yeah. Uh, So, obviously, they acquire Patrick Kane for 25% of the cost, 25% of the cap hit. Is he any good? That in itself is a massive addition. Even if he is going to be a third liner, fringe second liner on the power play, that is, like, you want to talk about adding strong tertiary scoring options? There is the example. There is the definition. This, my only concern is New York hasn't really focused so much on the defense, but they've gone super hard on the offense. But hey, you don't have to play defense if you have the puck the whole time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I think he is a living, walking POS, but he's really good at hockey. And uh, I'm a big fan of New York. I I love the bread man himself, Artemi Panarin. Uh, it looks like they're really trying to make a move. I hope it succeeds. Uh, although, as soon as they win the Stanley Cup, I hope the Stanley Cup falls on Patrick Kane and breaks all of his fingers. Uh, and he never plays hockey again. But Tell me how you really feel. I think Patrick Kane sucks. I've already said that. <laughs> we should get him on the podcast. That's a, that's a, I, would, I would adore that. Anyway, uh, one day, listen, if we're ever successful <laughs> at this, <laughs> I gotta stop. 
there there are too many athletes that I have already. outright said are crappy people. Yeah. And are I don't like them. I hope they get hurt. I hope I've I've I publicly said I wish nothing but ill will on Tom Brady for the rest of his life. Like so you don't want his stand-up career to take off? No, I No, I do, but I want him to be as bad as I think he's going to be. Okay. But um anyway, anyway, if we ever get famous, I got to stop. Yeah. Even remotely successful. Uh anyway, moving on. Uh Arizona is never going to win another game of hockey. Didn't know if you knew that. The Arizona Coyotes trade Shane Gossespierre to the Carolina Hurricanes for a 2026 third round pick. And again, what seems to be an easy dub for Carolina. Uh, I, listen, yes, what you're saying, yes. But the biggest dub of all goes to Arizona here. This past summer, they acquired Shane Gossespierre and a second for nothing. How? So they, like, like Philadelphia to get that off the books like usually they throw something cheeky in there like future considerations like this trade literally said shangasha spare in a second for nothing so they literally gave them a second round pick to take, take shangasha spare in his contract yes fair enough and now at the deadline they traded him for a third so like arizona just got a free second and third round pick That's i mean what fair happened. enough but Gossespierre is still really good. I think he's going to help out Carolina. He is inconsistent. He's, I mean, who's not? He's a defensive liability. He's got a... I mean, offense, who's not? He's got a great offensive touch when it's there. When he's on, there's a great... Like, that's a great player to have. The question is, is he's either on for three games or off for 20? I agree. Yeah. So, I mean... But, I think in the postseason... People are on more than they're off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Carolina has been one of the best teams in the East over the last three or four years. I think they've tried. I think they're just trying to make moves to get them to the big game, and I think this is one of them, and I think it's a good move. Yeah. All right, moving on. This one I feel like we won't spend any time on. Uh, The Buffalo Sabres trade Eric Portillo to the Los Angeles Kings for a 2023 third-round pick. He is a goalie prospect. Never heard of him. Personally, don't know if you have, but the Kings looking to maybe replace Quick here in a couple years. Uh, This is a really good buy low opportunity. Uh, This goaltending prospect probably informed the Sabres that he wanted to sign elsewhere this summer because the Sabres have a similar to the Leafs with forwards. They have a vast number of same airy, like same development pace goaltenders in their farm system. And one of them had to be the odd man out. So it it looks like it's this Portillo kid. Now he's going to get a chance to really take the lead as a developing player for the LA Kings farm system. Uh, This is a trade that it might, work out it might not he might still sign elsewhere in august fair enough fair enough i mean this is do, this do is, they only have it is he only on contract for the season i believe i don't even think he signed a elc yet i could be mistaken i think this is either the last year of his elc or the last year he's eligible to uh sign his elc because the terminology listed on some of the reports regarding this trade is draft rights to Portillo. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, in case you needed to know about some goalie you've never heard of and won't for probably another few years, Thomas just wasted three minutes of our podcast. You're welcome. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I learned some interesting things, and that's always important. Uh, this, we've had like the biggest trades. Mm-hmm. This might be one of the most surprising trades. The yeah. Detroit Red Wings trade Philip Hronick and a 2023 fourth-round pick to Vancouver for a conditional 2023 first-round pick and a 2023 second-round pick. I have been under the impression that the last couple of years, the Detroit Red Wings have been building a young, good, solid core to maybe within the next three years bust out and be a good team in the east and then they trade their 
25-year-old defenseman who's having a career season? Uh, Hronik is a really good player. He's a guy. Shortly after this trade, it was announced that Larkin had extended. The only reason I can justify this trade make it make sense in my head is if I think that the purpose of this trade was to create cap space to sign Larkin. That is the The average only... age of this team is 13 years old. What do you mean cap space? Who are they paying all their money to? They, they've got some old bad contracts. Darren Helm, Bertuzzi, who no longer is on the team. Like, they, like this team is churning a corner, but let's not forget they're ahead of schedule in the terms of their rebuild, and some of those old bloated contracts haven't had the opportunity to phase themselves out yet. I mean, that's fair. They're phasing out in the next year or two, but Detroit's ahead of schedule. That's fair. I just, like, I I know I'm supposed to hate Detroit Mm -hmm. because they were our, like, division rivals forever or whatever, but I didn't start watching hockey. Until they weren't in our division anymore. Actually, I think the last the, the year I started watching hockey was the last year they were in our division. Um, so, like, I had nothing against Detroit. I hate Chicago. I will always hate Chicago. Not as much as I hate all things Boston, but I hate Chicago. Uh, so, since I don't have this hate and disdain for Chicago, or uh, Detroit like I'm supposed to, I actually kind of love Chicago. I love Dylan, er, Detroit. I love Detroit. I'm a big fan of Dylan Larkin. I think this team is young and fast, and I watch them play, and they don't score goals, but they're still fun to watch play. Like, I was excited for the next couple of years in what Detroit was going to do. And so, um, I hate it. I really hate it. But I guess I get it. Like, you're, like your guy, your guy is Dylan Larkin. Yeah. Uh, and so, if... if you have to have sure he, one or the other. You're obviously keeping Larkin. I'm pretty sure he's like a hometown kid, too. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I didn't know that. It's even better. All the more reason to love to try it. And, I mean, there, you know, it's better if you're going to lose a key developing or a key piece of your core going forward. It's better to lose one in a trade than the free agency. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Get something back. At least they got a first and a second round pick back. Yeah. On Vancouver's side, I don't get it, given how much they were selling the fact that they were going to be sellers at this deadline. And then they traded away their captain and Bo Horvat, but they haven't really made any other major selling moves. I mean, they, they sent away Luke Shin, but they just upgraded, bringing yeah. in Heronic. Like, I... I just won't. I don't know what Vancouver is doing, and it kind of feels like they don't know what they're doing either. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, moving on. We have fifty-three minutes in. We have six left. All right, rapid fire. I assume we're not doing the trade. <laughs> Let's rapid fire uh, through these. The Pittsburgh Penguins trade Teddy Bluger to the Vegas Golden Knights for Peter Deliberator. Deliberator. And a 2024 third round pick. Uh, this was literally just to shift things around to set up a move coming up later on. I feel like this guy's ancestors, his great, 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 great grandfather was a deliberator. So they just started calling Deliberatore. That's a really dumb last name. That is I, a that is an interesting last name. I don't like it. Yeah, get rid of some cap space. Uh, Bluger is not your guy anyway. If you're wanting to make a run, you can sacrifice that. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Lightning trade Vladislav Namstikov to the San Jose Shark. Huh? Namstankov. Sure. To the San Jose Sharks for Michael Esamont. Isamont. Asamont. Uh, I, I think this was another trade specifically to clear up cap space. I think this might be made more for re-signing Tanner Jeannot, who they invested a lot to bring in, as opposed to making space for another move. I've never heard of anyone that was just mentioned there. Uh, Namus Dankov was a, was a former first-round pick who had a lot of hype around him toward the late teens, early 20, or not late teens, uh, early teens yeah and it just hasn't really panned out he's become a solid bottom six guy but that's really what he is 
I got you. Uh, you mentioned earlier when a trade happens and you're like, man, I would have been okay with my team making that trade. Yeah. Why didn't my team make that trade? Uh, the Arizona Coyotes trade Jacob Chicharin to the Ottawa Senators for conditional 2023 first, a conditional 2024 second, and a 2026 second. The conditions... The 2023 first is a top five protected. If met, it becomes the 24 first round unprotected. Additionally, should the Senators reach the 23 Eastern Conference Finals, <laughs> that's funny, the uh, second round pick becomes a 2020 or a 2024 first round top 10 protected pick. Um, I would have given up three picks over the next three years to bring in to Jacob bring in Chichurin. Jacob Chicharin. Especially this, on our team where our defense is booty. This is the steal of the draft. Yeah. For a buying team. Jeannot is the steal of the draft for a selling team. This is the inverse. The only thing I can think, because two weeks ago the reported asking price was two firsts and a prospect. This obviously is not that. All I can think is that Arizona overplayed their hand and fumbled the bat on this one. It, it, and it could be two firsts. Uh, it if, could okay. It if could if be. Ottawa makes the Eastern Conference Finals, it's I not, can't say that without laughing. It's not going to be. No, it is. It not. could be, but like it is not. It's not going to be. Arizona fumbled the bag, and if you're a resident Arizona Coyote fan, you should be seething. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, the best thing to happen to your franchise, you give them away for a bag of chips. What yep. do you know? Uh, anyway. Oh my goodness. I read that title wrong and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> but anyway, uh, the National Predators trade Mikhail Granlin to the Pittsburgh Penguins in return for a 2023 second round pick, which like, let's go. <laughs> uh, That's another player that I'm sad to see go similar to Eki, but we got more for him than I thought was possible, which I am here for. Uh, well, this is a trade that if you look at the context a few years ago, it's disappointing. Because basically, basically... Disappointing for who? The Preds. Basically, you traded Kevin Fiala for a second. Well... However, once we look at like the context of the last few years alone, Granlin's play has been on the decline. He's had little sparks and flashes here and there. Last season was a good season, but his skating has declined... He still puts up numbers, but the rest of his game has steadily been declining. I think this is a great move for the Preds to continue the accruement of assets for new GM Barry Trotz to use when taking over for Poyle after this season. On the flip side, for Pittsburgh, this is a terrible trade. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, you. This is a team that doesn't have a deep enough team, a deep enough roster to make a cup run. And I don't think Granlin was the right piece to add the change that. I think it was a piece to say, oh, we're still trying to be competitive for Sid. But at the same time, you're doing just enough. I think Granlin is the perfect depth piece. Because he's not a star. Like, he's not a star. He's not a guy who's gonna put you sixty, get you sixty points a season. But you talk about a guy to add to your third or fourth line. I mean, that's the definition of Mikhail Granlund. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just like like. But I, I mean, it's not enough for Pittsburgh, and I agree with you that like it's not like they gave up too much for too little. But I don't, I don't know if as I far would... if you say Mikhail Granlund is not good to help your depth problem, I disagree. He's not enough, but I would I wouldn't say he's not good. The Penguins put Kasperi Kapanen and Brock McGinn on waivers to make room for this move and traded away Bluger. I just I feel like I I, I personally I think would take those three players <laughs> over Granlund. I mean, we don't know for a fact that they got rid of all of them. Just to bring in Granny. I mean, they listen. There's probably another move in the uh, works because that, like, clearing out those three players freed up around seven mil, and Granlin makes about five, so there's still two mil in cap space to work with. I'm just saying, as it stands, I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're saying. I will say this: um, 
I don't think it's fair to say it's bad. We basically traded Fiala for a second. And that's bad. Because two years ago when we made that trade, three years ago when we made that trade, I think if you had said Fiala for a second, we would have been like, yeah, that's a good deal. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, it's not fair to look back on it with hindsight. If, if, if at this time, three years ago, if we had come across a second round pick for Kevin Fiala, we probably would have said, man, he could be good. But right now, a second round pick is great for Kevin Fiala. No, no, so it, it is. So it's, I think it's a little unfair um, to, to say that's bad on the Preds part. But. We got two more trades. Yeah, we do. The Detroit Red Wings trade Tyler Bertuzzi to the Boston Bruins for a conditional 2024 fourth first round pick and a 2025 fourth round pick. Uh, this is probably a conflicting move for Detroit Red Wing fans. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. Uh, as, trading, as much as I was about the other one. Trading away this, the nephew of longtime franchise fan favorite Todd Bertuzzi away to Boston, that's got to be a tough pill to swallow. However, Tyler Bertuzzi's on an expiring deal, and I think the vibe that the majority of the league has picked up that is that he's chasing a bag this summer. And if you're Detroit... Yes, you want to keep a player like Bertuzzi. However, he has caused issues with the whole vaccine drama like Mackenzie Blackwood has in New Jersey. And he's probably going to command a price tag to where you are paying him more than he's worth. And that's not what you need for a team turning a corner. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's a great trade for Boston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's stupid. And I don't think it's a bad trade for Detroit, either. You get a first and a fourth for Bertuzzi. Oh, no. This like, is this is one of those both teams win yeah. trades. Yeah. Um, finally, last but not least, uh, you've already heard his name once tonight, folks. Jonathan Quick. Columbus traded the same day he they got him. Trade Jonathan Quick to Vegas in, order, in return for Michael Hutchison and a 2025 seventh round pick. No idea who Hutchison is. Seventh round pick is basically nil. Hutchison clutch, baby. Jonathan Quick is also booty. So you don't know Michael Hutchinson? No. Played for Winnipeg and Toronto. <gasps> oh, Hutchison clutch, baby. So this is just like a bad goalie for a bad goalie and an, irre- this, an irrelevant pick. This is so. This is a great trade for Vegas, and it's a great trade for Quick. This is like. Columbus wasn't going to get any value out of quick keeping him on roster. This is them doing a service to a longtime veteran goalkeeper who has respect on his name. Send him to a team that's making a playoff push. Give him one last chance at another ring. A couple starts, once in the first round, once in the third. And this is a great uh, trade for... Vegas, who lost Robin Lehner for the year, had that young rookie goalie come up and start playing lights out, but then he got hurt and is going to miss time. So Quick's going to be able to not only get a chance to contend for another ring, he's going to get a chance to play quality starts. Like, maybe recapture some of that form on a team that has talent. Don't look at me like that. Anything's possible. I mean, technically anything's possible, but Jonathan Quick hasn't shown anything of form in like six years. Okay, and LA hasn't had a competent roster around him in like six years. That's fair. Like this, like LA is contending this year for a playoff spot, but they like this is the first time in a while. I mean, that's fair. I just like Jonathan Quick's bad, dude. Jonathan like, Quick is old and he's bad. And like he's been a not not like oh he's not as good as he used to be, he's a bad goalie. And has been for a minute now. But I digress. You should. And you know what? What I hope Jonathan Quick wins wins himself another ring this year just to prove you wrong. Listen, maybe if he gets traded to Minnesota, he will. Why, why you got to be like this? <laughs> oh, 
I think we that that I'm I'm kind of surprised we made it through all that, but also I look at the time and I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense. No. But we are very excited for next week. We'll have the month of March. It's going to be a fun month. It Hopefully, if you guys just absolutely hate it, let us know. We don't have to yeah. do it for the whole month. Yeah. But we think it's going to be fun. Uh, you're going to hear us argue a lot. So, I mean, you're going to hear David be wrong a lot. And, I mean, uh, all right. Let's listen. Let's be honest. You've you've listened to this podcast before. You know which one of us is wrong more. Listen, I don't know where you're going. I don't know. Uh, what your favorite type of pen is? Mine is the the Bic ballpoint. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. All I do know is that you've made it to the end of another episode of Here, so we don't get fined. And you're amazing for it. You are amazing for it. But uh, what I don't know is uh, I don't know about you, but we're, we're just, just here, so we don't get fined. fined.